Hello and welcome to the show. Uh, we have a big show for you guys today. All four of us are here, and I'm gonna give you guys a second to get on live. We've had a little bit of, little bit, little bit of trouble going live today. Um, but Labs is really, really doing some good stuff for me this morning. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, good morning. Oh Snake wow, Talons. Snake of Talons joining hey, us. That's awesome. Was good. Welcome to the show. Um, I'm going to I'm going to get into it. I'm going to get into it because I'm debuting a new segment. Um, you ever read a take someone's take that's that's just like, oh, that's a little iffy. You know, I don't know about that one. Uh, that's yeah, that's the podcast with you guys. <laughs> no, you let's look at that. Let's look at that. Uh, that clip from this week and talk. OK, yeah, um, let's, not, let's not bring it up. Uh huh. So <laughs> this is a segment I like to call the iffy take of the week and <laughs> the first person that i'm nominating for this uh award if you will is roland emmerich now if you don't know that name that's okay i'll fill you in roland emmerich is the director of several blockbusters that you might have heard of uh he directed independence day for example um, he directed Godzilla from 1998. Um, he's known for things like White House Down, The Day After Tomorrow, movies like that. Uh, and Roland, you know, he's he's uh, doing the press tour for his new movie called Moonfall. And he said that Marvel, DC and Star Wars movies are ruining the, uh, the film industry. This is the quote. Uh, he, he was asked if the landscape of blockbuster films has changed in recent years. And he said, oh, yes, because naturally Marvel and DC Comics and Star Wars have pretty much taken over. It's ruining our industry a little bit because nobody does anything original anymore. You should make bold new movies, you know? And I think naturally Christopher Nolan is the master of that. Uh, I have it a little bit harder, but I still have a big enough name, especially when it's a disaster movie or has some sort of a disaster theme. Well, Roland, I have seen a couple of your movies, and disaster is a great word for what they are. Yikes. I mean, quite literally, well, disaster he does movies. disaster movies. He literally he does. Did, uh, Day After Tomorrow as well, right? Uh, yeah, he did. That was in that list, yeah. 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 Uh, let's, let's just quickly go over... Because, you know, he's saying that, you know, Marvel movies are ruining Hollywood. Let's go over the Rotten Tomatoes score of some of the movies <laughs> that Roland has put out. Just to see what this mastermind, masterpiece filmmaker is doing. So uh, we've got uh, we've got 2012, right? Which was, you know, I, I mean, I don't know if you would consider that to be high art, but 2012, uh, 39% okay. tomato meter. Okay. Maybe and, and maybe the audiences like it more, right? Well, they did. They liked it more. 47%. So, you know, not exactly lighting it on fire. But how about this? 10,000 BC. Maybe this one will be better. You guys want to guess the tomato meter score for this movie? The, 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 That's got to be like the critical 15. score. 15? 10, okay. BC? I like that movie. Yeah, what, what do you think it was? What do you think the score was? Uh, I thought it would be like maybe like a 60. Hmm. Wow. How about you, Kale? 
I don't know, probably like a 40. Mm, yeah. Nine. <laughs> Whoops. Nope. I guess I was closest. <laughs> and you but you went over. You gave yeah, you gave him a little too much credit. Uh the the highest rated movie that he's put out uh also happens to be I believe the the highest grossing movie he's done is Independence Day, of course, the, you know, Will Smith driven uh vehicle. Um but yeah, not exactly lighting the world on fire, but maybe he's won some awards. And actually he has. So we should talk about that. That's fair, right? So um, Independence Day was nominated for uh, the Golden Raspberry Awards what? Um, for worst written film grossing over $100 million. That's pretty tough. Um, he did win for Godzilla. He won worst prequel, remake, ripoff, or sequel. So congrats for that one. I think Ain't that's unfair. unfair. Yeah. Why not? An award's an award, too. So Yeah. I'll take it. Shit. Yeah, if someone wants to give me award, I'll, an award, I'll take it. Uh, worst host. Um, <laughs> no, I'd take that one by far. Um, I mean, and when you compare that to Marvel movies, obviously, right, this is not even, this is not even a conversation. Uh, the worst performing Marvel movie is Eternals. That was pretty bad. But then Thor The Dark World is the second worst performing at 66%. And that is a better score than literally every movie that Roland has directed other than Independence Day, which only beat it out by 1%. So, Yikes. Yeah. I, I'm not going to defend him here. Here we go. But, but okay, I, I got, I'm, I'm of two minds about this take. I think it is a boring take, first of all, because it's not a new mm. take. Mm. I, I, I can agree with that. Scorsese. Like yeah. it's it's not even a hot take at this point. This is this is right. lukewarm at best. Um, yeah, he sprinkled in Star Wars there for a little bit, but uh, <laughs> it's it's a, it's a boring take. Um, and especially with the pandemic, if superhero movies didn't exist, I'm not sure cinema would like 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 theaters would anymore. Yeah, because um, most of the money that kept theaters afloat is would be from like Shang Chi, Spider Man, like all those movies that managed to kind of squeak out there in the middle. Yep. Um, and let these theaters actually get money. Um, but creatively, uh, I can get it. I, 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 I can sort of understand. Yes. There was a lot of originality in, uh, let me see, Godzilla. Oh, I'm um, not saying for him in general. But but it's like, don't throw stones, right? Like, how dare you? How are you the guy? Movies without superheroes in it for years now. So Yeah. <laughs> but to be fair, he did do a whole different kind of Godzilla. Like it was derivative, but it was a different Godzilla. It wasn't it wasn't the same guy, person, thing. It had Ferris Bueller in it. it had Ferris it was, Bueller in it. It was derivative, but mm -hmm. but it was different. Yeah. I just think it's a boring take now. Any any old school director just says this in every interview now, and maybe well, it's, but it's whoever's interviewing them now just always wants to bait them with this stupid fucking question. And but. I yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. It's a boring take and an easy you know easy click from you know shitty interviewers. Well, like you say, he, it's not worth it. All he was asked was, "Has the landscape changed?" He didn't have to get into <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> how Marvel decent. ruined. You know, uh, cinema like that's that's a that's a leap. Did the landscape change? Yeah, a pandemic happened. 
you know, we don't have the same kind of budgets or, you know, whatever you can say, but streaming to just say happened as well at this right. streaming got big right around the same time people were forced inside through due to a pandemic. So, right. There's some extenuating uh, factors there. I would say that oh. superhero movies are helping theaters. It's a little iffy, a little, little bit. Uh, Come on, buddy. Yeah. Just, uh, just, just do better. Make, make you know, make, make a, make a movie that's different, and then get into critique. Like Christopher Nolan, if he had, if he said something like that, which I don't know that he really would, because you know he's made a lot of money from those films as well. Um, it's like okay, well, you know, he makes original movies, so fine. Um, Scorsese, like I don't want to hear the take, but he, he's, you know, done. He's proven himself. Uh, Emmerich. Yeah, I want to see a Scorsese I mean, Marvel movie. A, a disaster movie is a different type of movie. It's not a good one, and he sticks to it. But <laughs> it's, I you know. the day after tomorrow, honestly, as a movie, I thought that was a pretty fun movie. It might have been. I'm, 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 obviously, I'm joking and poking fun. These, I love Independence Day. I'm sure 2012 was phenomenal. Um, but no, well, yeah, <laughs> all right. It's a good disaster movie. If you oh, like man. disaster movies, yeah, it was definitely a disaster movie. Before we uh, move move forward, I do want to say hello to everybody who is live with us on Twitch. Thank you guys for joining. The medic, morning to you. Uh, Snake of Talents, once again, thank you for being here. Uh, he said, when you said he makes disaster movies, you meant he makes disaster movies with a capital D. Yeah, that's what they call it in Hollywood. Um, <laughs> uh, the medic, all publicity is good publicity. Yeah. Uh, Shen Shenron says, morning. Hope everyone is doing good. Morning to you. What's going on? Yes. Uh, make sure that you guys are following the channel. If you aren't, for whatever reason, we appreciate that if you want to sub if you would be so kind that's obviously very much appreciated as well we thank everyone who is with us live now and anyone who's going to watch this or hear this later on we really appreciate you guys joining us uh if you want to make your mornings uh if you want to have your mornings with us you can join us at 10 a.m eastern live on twitch mondays everywhere else youtube podcast hosting platforms. Leave us a follow rating or review wherever you listen to us. If that is YouTube, youtube.com slash the comics pals, subscribe to our channel for free, like this video, share it with your friends. All that stuff's free to do. And it helps us out a lot more than it costs you. We are trying to get to a thousand subscribers before this year is out. Let's go. That is our goal. Uh, we are on pace to do that with your help. Spread the word. If you would be so kind just share our channel with your friends. If you've got friends that you know like comics, just, uh, you know, put the worm in their brain. You know, give them a little teaser. Ooh, like Mr. Mind. Uh, yeah, exactly mm. like that. Okay. Um, let them listen to the latest clip that we have posted all over social media <laughs> of Tyler speaking about what is... You specifically waited for me to take a sip. And then you're like, <laughs> you do it to me. Hey, I didn't say that. You said it. Um, yeah, go listen to our latest clip. Uh, while you're at it, listen to the latest book club. We talked about Saga. We talked about 54 issues of Saga Damn. for you guys over the course of two hours. Uh, it was a great conversation. Come hang out and listen to that one uh, and read the new issue of Saga. Uh, also, real quick, want to plug 
House Pulls, which we do every Wednesday live at 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it's always an amazing time, so you're definitely going to want to come hang out with us for that. Don't know what we're reviewing this week, but you'll know soon. Uh, let's let's uh, we've got a lot of show to get into. Uh, we're going to be talking about the new Justice League comic book, Jurassic League. Um, Yo, Madam cool. Web is really happening, if you can believe that. And Wave 2 of Substack. I think Tyler titled it Substack Strikes Back. Yeah, that was me. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Sounds about right. Uh, but before we get into all that, we do have some listener comments to get through. So, Tyler, why don't you take us into that? Yes. So, uh, let me just go into... I changed my slide there. Um, Rahul M said, uh, thank you for covering the mouse story with some care and context. Did we do that with care and context after... Uh... After I got all deep voiced. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's very disappointing to see otherwise good content creators repeat the naive takes on this, that it was the bad language by silly, overly puranical school board members removed from any broader agenda by conservative groups and think tanks, that it was met, that it wasn't a ban, merely a curricular curriculum change. Talk about distinctions without any differences. Who were you listening to that were defending this? No, that was that was a very common take, dude. People really? were yeah, really? people were people were saying that we were not we, but like that the community was looking at this from the from the wrong angle. That there is a perspective of especially if you read the transcripts, these are well-meaning individuals who are genuinely concerned about the content that their children are consuming at school and whether or not they were at the appropriate age to be reading a book of that nature. I think this, I think we were talking about um, eighth grade, like middle schools. Would that be considered middle school? Seventh, um, yeah, seventh yeah, grade. Seventh, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's the age group we were talking about. Now, we understand that that's not what's going on because we have dealt with this. And I personally did a lot of research into that discussion topic and i saw that these book bannings and and challenges have actually been happening non-stop this is an agenda but if you haven't been doing that and if you're inclined to give people the benefit of the doubt then i guess i can see that take uh, but i feel like it is also even um at that age or even younger i feel like the exposure to books about the holocaust i'm trying to remember like some of the nonfiction books that I feel like I read in um, uh, in middle school. I'm trying to find the like some random curriculum, but I remember specifically. Oh yeah, I am a star um, by Igni Albacher. Like that's one that was just common for me in probably seventh grade. So the idea that it that you're gonna ban it for language or for the exposure of this, like it's weird. Yeah, we, we've been reading Eli Wiesel for years now. Like, mm -hmm. that's just a, a, a dummy take, though, from comic book communities. Like, Tiffy. Uh, yeah. Well, why, keep watching us, Rahul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen. Minus Marco's weird voice, you know, we did <laughs> yeah. the right thing. 
we handled that conversation pretty well. So thank you, Rahul. I'm laughing during it. <laughs> well, I mean, well, you know, listen, it's a comedy show too, right? We got to thank, thankfully, Barkle's uh, not taking care of his, you know, freaking technology. So we can have moments like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. The weird thank voice. You, and then the deep voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we also had uh, Devil Ice on uh, the X Lives of Wolverine number two. X Lives of Wolverine sounds like a uh, soap opera title. Now that I keep saying it after these couple weeks, <laughs> these are the X Lives of Wolverine. Exactly. <laughs> that is a tremendous podcast idea. I think. What a Wolverine soap opera. Yes, I'll yeah, listen it's to it. The, the love triangle between Scott, oh, Jean, and Logan. Uh, and That's it's audio so good. and it's x-rated and wet whoa why <laughs> wait did like you say X-Lives. wet i, I yeah, like yeah, that yeah, i like that he escalated it when sean didn't react at first <laughs> yeah, I had to. I had to. he said Not he said okay unscathed. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna keep going <laughs> <laughs> okay so devil i said uh the only part of x lives 2 i wasn't able to follow understand what was the purpose of him being in japan i thought the story was him following omega red through time and stopping him mm-hmm. from killing charles what did him being back in japan have to do with that that's a fair point that my my i think i i think i said this uh, my thought with that was um i think it's to sort of show the personal stakes for wolverine and that he's going through moments in his life that matter as well as the moments where it's connected to Charles. Mm. Maybe Charles is in the womb and he just made Charles. What? Wasn't, okay. Wasn't well, Dakin got, well, in the womb? He's right, though. Charles oh, needs to be within the story in, in these different parts of memory. Unless he's outside in Japan somewhere. But that was Dakin's mom, though. Uh, or yeah, is, wait, okay. wait, wait, is Dakin Charles? Whoa. Yankee with no brim. Whoa. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? It's a New York I'm assuming thing. it's Never a wrestling mind. thing. Um, New York. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I feel like this is this whole book or the ser- this series, not death, but lives um, is like, eh, wait it out. Like, I think we'll get answers. We just ain't getting them right now. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Next. Uh, then Langston Brown. Uh, what is your guys' opinions of Strange Adventures as a completed story? Very good. Uh, I would say it was excellent. I think that, you know, we gave we gave Tom King a really hard time uh, on those early reviews. Uh, yeah, Tyler. Tyler wasn't here. He's absolved. The man, by the way, who I swears by <laughs> <laughs> swears by heroes in crisis. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa, whoa! Not anymore. I back put that on. I back. <laughs> you were all over Discord defending Flip-flop. that book. Flip-flop. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, we gave Tom a really hard time, and I think it was justified. I think that those early issues were you know a little bit self-indulgent um and i think that there was a way to make it more engaging in the earlier pieces but once we really got into the story and we kind of started to get more uh teases and character beats that were really enjoyable as the pieces as the veneer fell away i think a a really powerful story was revealed and uh, i loved it 
I, I haven't read it fully back. I want to do that. Um, but yeah, I do feel like uh, ultimately I'm satisfied with what we got. Yeah, 100%. Did you, um, any of you guys get the trade? No. No. Okay. Maybe. Maybe I'll pick it up. It's on my list of things I want to get. Yeah. Right now, Flintstones is on my list. But yeah, I, I want to read that as a collected book. Strange Adventures. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll do a book club or something. Uh, King versus uh, a Mr. Miracle versus, I don't know, one of his other Rorschach or something. Oh. Rorschach. I, I, I think Rorschach's better. I think so. Yeah. It's kind of weird to f- say, but maybe we should, that would be fun. We could do all of Tom's books in like a, like a round rob, not round robin, uh, like an elimination March series, March Madness yeah. type thing. Man, yeah. Man, man. That's a vision, man. Here's vision. The There's the bottom slot. <laughs> <laughs> it, Maybe Batman. No, Heroes in Crisis is worse than Batman. If only we had a show where we ranked things. If only. Uh, if you put in the chat, if you've read any of Tom's work, what's your favorite uh, Tom King book? What what book would you nominate to be at the tippy top of a of a of a list like that? Or what do you think would come out on top? And also, if you have a favorite um, uh, war criminal in his books, uh, put that in there as well. War <laughs> criminal? Yeah, yeah. You got Adam Strange. You got gotta be uh, Adam Strange. You got most of the Omega Men characters. <laughs> Any of the Sheriff of Babylon characters. Um, what else? Definitely uh, them. Wally you West. Say Wally. Yeah, you can say Wally. It's a superhero <laughs> war, I guess, in, in a way. It's, you know. I don't wow. know. He likes making people do war crimes. Um, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I like work. But. That's what uh, working for the government will do to you. Hey, he he wears his baggage on his sleeve, which I appreciate. Unbelievable. Uh Thank you to everybody who took the time to write in. We really appreciate that. Uh, it means a lot. And we love reading your comments, so keep them coming. Uh, quick PSA for you guys. Tickets for the Batman will be going on sale February 10th. Set your watch, because I'm telling you guys this now. It is going to be hard to get tickets to this movie. Whoa, 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 Tyler. <laughs> you're, you're pausing. You're, you're, you're pausing. That was a little, wow. a little sus. But you're, No, my pause wasn't sus. Your reaction was sus. I am on a lot of caffeine right now, so I'm time is going much slower for me. So <laughs> I'm hearing these pauses a little quicker. <laughs> I, think, I think time goes slower for you in general because when you hear a, a slight pause, when you hear a breath, you, you, you stretch that out to be like, Oh, my time is now. And you jump right in. <laughs> uh, so February 10th, you're you're definitely going to want to be on Fandango or wherever it is that you buy your tickets from because this movie is going to be hot. It is being said that the Batman is on track for the biggest Batman release ever. Dang. Yeah. Hmm. What does that mean? Do we know? I'm guessing Dark Knight Rises was the, was the biggest previously. Hey, I have the, all those numbers. So we're going to gamify it like we do everything oh, else. Shit. Let's go. Now, here's the question. Mm-hmm. Which movie 
that Batman is in is the highest grossing movie that Batman is in. You phrase that oddly. I will answer. Sure. Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice is my answer. Okay. I can give reasoning behind this as well. Sure. Because once people saw that, a lot didn't return for Justice League. Mm, interesting. Okay. By the way, I just want to uh, say this so we know. I'm talking about the overall haul, not just the opening weekend. Just want to throw that out there. Overall haul. I'm yeah. I'm going to stay with it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say Dark Knight. Yeah. I'm going to say Dark Knight. There's a lot of re-releases on that one. Mm-hmm. The medic says Tyler is quiet. I'm quiet. Okay, maybe I should. I, I can. I can fix that. That's fine. Don't fix it too much. <laughs> you don't want to hear too much of me. Hurricane Tyler. Want to know what your individual yeah. nose hairs have to say about uh, Batman really Very releases? Very <laughs> Any anybody else want to throw? Uh, Marco, kill. I'm also saying Dark Knight. Dark Knight. If if, if, <laughs> if if only he was in the Joker, I would have said Joker. Uh, I'm going to count Joker. No, I'm not going to count Joker. Yeah, you count can't Joker. count that. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, it's not a Batman movie if Batman's not in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kale, did you guess? I say I said Dark Knight, yeah. yeah. Dark Knight. Okay, so Years two Dark ago. Knights and a, and a, and a Batman oh, Superman. And a stinker, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, well, uh, we lose. the answer is, frankly, the correct answer. Uh, the Dark Knight Rises. Oh, damn. Okay. That's what yeah. I said. Uh, <laughs> oh, you might yeah. cut out when you said Rises. I worry. Yeah. The Dark Knight. Too low. Yeah. The Dark Knight. That's the. <laughs> um, yeah. So the Dark Knight Rises is the highest grossing Batman movie. It made 1.8 billion worldwide. Joker is up next. We didn't count it, but it did make 1.7 oh, billion. Um, the Dark Knight just shy of a billion uh it made 998.6 million gotta put that back out there this um batman superman actually only made 872.3 million now tyler i will tell you if we were just talking about opening weekend you would have been right maybe that's what i was thinking that's that's the that's the feeling i had yeah yeah talking quality their correct answer would have been batman forever but man tyler you are on my you are on my wavelength because yeah, wavelength. that's the next thing I want to talk about. Oh, boy. Robert Pattinson, man who was playing Bruce Wayne uh-huh. in The Batman, said that there are no bad Batman movies. There are. He said, love it. Out of all the comic book characters and that kind of movie, I've seen every single one of the Batman movies in the cinema, which I can't really say I've done for any other series. I was always really looking forward to them coming out. There was a combination of just being so attracted to it, but also feeling like it had a lot of movies made about it, and none of them are bad movies. People kind of shit on some of them, but they're not actually bad. They all kind of completely achieve what they set out to achieve, and they're all really interesting according to their time and place. I don't know. I just had a weird instinct about it, but I've always loved the character. Do you agree with Robert Pattinson? I think I do. Yeah, honestly. Mm-hmm. pretty good that, that's a good take <laughs> i think this, uh oh please no, i was gonna say this lines up with my idea of batman in general he's a he's a malleable character mm. you can kind of do whatever you want with him 
And I think the films have kind of shown that. So yeah, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Robert Pattinson on this one. And if you're a capable director, you know, you can engage audiences into whatever you're trying to, the story that you're trying to tell. Like Batman Forever, sure, is goofy, but it's fun. Chat. Chat. Is there a bad Batman movie? Please. <laughs> help me. Help me. That's the thing. Schumacher came in and he was like, I just want Batman to have a good time. Why is everybody so mad, so mad around here? I do not agree with this at all. Now, if you're saying, did the movies achieve what they set out to achieve? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's true. Um, I think Schumacher got what he wanted, but I don't think that that makes the movies not bad. Like, uh, bat nipples you know can we get serious right now what what do nipples have to do with the quality of the film they have to do with the fact that batman had nipples that the suit had nipples that was uh, a complete uh 180 from what we sense. had seen huh it made sense for the movie how because he's fighting Mr. Freeze. Those things are going to get hard in the suit. Oh, my <laughs> God. Protect him. He needed to find yep. a way to like keep them formed <laughs> in. Otherwise, they're pressing against the suit. Then he has you nipple You chafing. Chafe. There the, is a bat, reason for the bat nipples. The bat credit card? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, this is the re- What does he say? This is the reason Superman works alone. Exactly. See? That, that explains it for you, I think. <laughs> the medic. What about the Batman movie when he and Joker went back to Japan's past? <laughs> I think you're thinking of uh, Ninja Turtles 3. And frankly, high five. X Lives of Batman. Uh, you could probably, a, well... Is that a real, that's, real movie? That, that's Grant Batman. Morrison's Batman. Uh, Batman you're, Ninja. The, oh, yeah. Batman Ninja, right? That was good. Oh, I don't know yeah, what you're talking yeah, about. That yeah. was okay. good. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I love the spirit of what Robert Pattinson is, is saying here, but I just, I mean, you can't sell me on. You can't sell me on Tommy Lee Jones's Two-Face. That was of all the things in that, of all the things in that film, Tommy Lee Jones is what you have a problem with. Mm-hmm. Man, you need to go back and watch that movie. I really don't. I have seen that movie too many times in my life and i am a massive two-face fan and that shit was not two-face my favorite thing is that the people writing batman comics right now grew up with that movie so they brought chase meridian back into the batman comics yeah and she's like a like a major character now so i'm like all right yep cool with it what a great character named chase meridian right it's so good it's so good you remember it that's the thing I'm, I I I uh, I need help. Uh, I thought I, I really like Chad. I, I really need your help right now. You gotta you gotta come through for me. Convince these guys that nice. this is incorrect. No, guys, dude. Bane. Yeah, oh my on. god. Yeah, dude. Come oh my on. god. As Poison child, Ivy. As a child, I was afraid of Bane. I, yeah. I, Plastic I, lips. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So good. He's so smart. Think back on it, but <laughs> the medic. You need to watch it again. No, I agree. Yeah, dude. Get him. No, Tommy, I'm not Tommy doing Lee it. Jones should have gotten an Oscar. For he should have Two Face. He should have gotten a Razzie. He should have gotten two of them. You're absolutely right. He should have gotten an Oscar two and a Razzie. 
to be a <laughs> yeah that makes sense i just can't with you guys um oh. we're we're gonna talk about the batman again uh in a couple of weeks ahead of its release because there's a lot more what's that tyler i'm gonna have to watch that i forgot were you not planning to i don't know i haven't been in movies in a while <laughs> when was the last time you went to movies a, uh spinnerman oh, okay so that was like three weeks ago i guess yeah i guess that's the last time a good movie came out but yeah yeah i'm hoping to go see the eyes of tammy faye baker is that a rom v book <laughs> uh <laughs> medic uh yeah i did it was a bad time um <laughs> the comics pals let's uh let's shift gears because i need to cleanse my palate and the easiest way to do that is by talking about dinosaurs i love dinosaurs and uh we're gonna talk about them for the next 10 minutes because dc has announced the Jurassic League. Now, that uh, that alone is like, wow, cool. Ju- the Jurassic League. What could that be? Now, it's a comic book in which all of the Justice League heroes and villains are dinosaurs. Pretty cool. Now, here's the hook. Daniel Warren Johnson is writing it more amazing more amazing but he's not drawing it yikes but that's okay because the person drawing it is no slouch uh juan gedeon is doing it and the preview images that we have seen the shit looks amazing they look very daniel or johnson yeah yeah uh it's gorgeous. Tyler, do you have by chance I don't have that image? Art, but I okay. Yeah. So there's one preview image in particular of the Batman as what is he? Like a raptor? I don't know what he I is. I believe so. It's the with him jumping. I don't know. I mean they're 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 anthropomorphic dinosaurs, so I can't yeah. really tell which one he is. And he doesn't have feathers, he, so it's not really accurate. But you know, I digress. I digress. Well, he looks. Wearing, he's wearing a mask. It's true. Yeah. It's true. So you know, of course, we can't figure out who it is. Uh, yeah. He looks incredible. The colors are beautiful. The 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 design, the the physical body of the character is incredible. Man, this is gonna be this is gonna be fantastic. Look at I that just, cover. I just noticed the logo for the first time. It's got a pterodactyl head on the, on the top of the <laughs> yeah, shield oh, that's so cool tremendous yeah um there, I just so oh perfect thank you yo i love uh, this idea i've i'm i'm hungry for a, a dinosaur comic uh, i, I tweeted i tweeted that out in november i'm like yo where are the dinosaur comics at because honestly fucking is cool it I really like, is i just like how daniel warren johnson is just like a kid playing in a in a, in a sandbox he likes all the shit I liked as a kid. Pro wrestling, uh, metal music, dinosaurs. You know, like it's just, and he, and he just does what he likes and it works. So, yeah. Yeah. But, it, but it's also cool that they're, that they're trusting him to just tell this kind of a story. Because where else are you going to, like, we were going to get B-Rex, which was amazing yeah. in and of itself. But now we're getting the whole Justice League. And if B-Rex made one of those like, appearances, that'd be hilarious. He's not because this is different. But it's cool when you just get 
a publisher to let you make the kind of book that you want to make because there's so much creative flexibility there and it, you get a really good product. That's why we loved, um, whatchamacallit, uh, uh, Beta Ray Bill. Beta Ray Bill. Like it was, it was just him doing everything that he loves to do and he had fun and we had fun because you could feel that. Do you guys see any particular Justice League members being specific dinosaurs? That's a good question. Does that, does it, do, do you match any of those up? Um, I, can I would... Go ahead. I was going to say Pterodactyl, Hawk, Hawk Girl, Hawkman. That one makes sense. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. A plesiosaur with uh, Aquaman. Oh, he'd be, one... be pretty funny. That'd be for a good gag. Wonder yeah. Woman as a Triceratops, which I think she is on the cover. Yeah, uh, really makes sense. He yeah. talked about he talked about that design um, a little bit. Juan Gidon, like why he wanted to do that. Uh, you know, and then Joker, that was cool. Like him yeah. choosing that. That's essentially the dinosaur that spits in Kramer, not Kramer, um, Newman's face, the Diplosaur oh, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. 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 Oh, because he's such just a wings. good, okay, yeah. Such a good looking thing. Yo, you guys want to know a crazy dinosaur fact? Yeah. So the time between humanity, like current day, and the Tyrannosaurus Rex, is less time than the Tyrannosaurus Rex existed and the Stegosaurus existed. Hmm. Okay, can you say that in another way? Because that broke my brain. Yeah, I know. It's, a, it's you think the Stegosaurus and the Tyrannosaurus Rex were kind of around the same time. They weren't. Completely different eras. Oh. Um, yeah, so what? Fantasia, that movie totally lied to you. That awesome fight scene in Fantasia never happened in real life. Yo, that's interesting. I love dinosaurs. Uh yeah. during the pandemic, I got obsessed with uh extinction events that have happened on Earth, <laughs> which makes sense because we were in one. Um and we still are. Were? Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, I learned a lot about dinosaurs at that time. And there's a band called the Ocean Metal Band that makes music about that. You know about that, Tyler? I know about the Ocean. I feel like I've listened to them before. Oh my God! Did you're the first a, person I've did met they do that a, li- a Paramore cover. Yeah. Uh, not to my knowledge. With someone else, then never mind. Not to my knowledge, but yeah, Marco, um, they're pretty, they're pretty cool. Yeah, I just, I just Google them. That's awesome. Yep, all their albums are concept albums about a different extinction era in humanities, or what? not in humanity, in Earth's history. Yeah, that's cool. Do they have one mm-hmm. about this, this one going on? Currently? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh not yeah, yet. right here, Precambrian, Phanozoret, mm-hmm. You love a good concept album, don't you? That's my shit. Yeah, Snake of Talents. I was just about to shout you out because I I do think you would love the ocean. Um, they're incredible. But yeah, yes, I do love a good concept album. Coheed and Cambria is my jam. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this book is also my jam. The, the first of all, Batman looks like a wrestler. These costumes look very wrestling inspired, which I love. Um, and I can't wait for Daniel Warren Johnson's wrestling book as well. Ooh. Like this dude has the hot hand right now for, for my tastes. Still not officially announced, right? Mm. Not yet. I don't, the rest of the book, no. He's posting it. Yeah, he's talked about it, right? Yeah, so I guess technically it's not an official announcement. Yeah, fair enough. Um, what is officially announced is that Dakota Johnson 
will be playing Madame Webb. Madame Webb. Madame Webb. In I shot my Madame Webb. <laughs> <laughs> in the first some sea movie that features uh, a female superhero. The first what? He said some some sea. Some sea. Some sea. That that is how we. That is the uh, what's that called? An acronym. Uh, Sony Universe of Marvel characters. Ugh. Ooh, oh, I hate that. Wow. Like a friggin' USB adapter. Like a sunk. <laughs> USDA could have. Oh, Tyler, this picture. Come T- on. Oh. <laughs> that was a great tweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great tweet. I see the vision. It's a tweet uh, that shows Madame Webb on one side you know she is blind so she has like some type of blindfold over her eyes and uh dakota johnson from 50 shades of gray with a blindfold on for a very different reason i think this is 50 shades darker when she was on the saint andrew's cross i don't know what i'm talking about why do you know that oh. i don't know that of course i've never seen those movies yeah, I, saw I would have watched the them. It was a strange experience. <laughs> Wait, you went to the theater to watch? Fit- oh, explain yeah, that. I-, I went with like six friends. We just all went. And uh, yeah, I remember there was like a- an article going around where like movie theater workers were finding like used cucumbers in the back rows. They're no, like, come on. <laughs> what? No. Yeah. Was that the onion? No. Or is that real? No, cucumbers, <laughs> not onions. Oh my God. <laughs> That's absurd. I can probably find that article, but I don't want to actually know. I'm not Googling cucumbers, 50 shades. That's, you know what I am. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I Googled some wild stuff on Wednesday. That's true. Yeah. Movie theaters keep finding cucumbers after. Yeah, this is a Vice article. It was under their food section. Really, Vice? This is not a food article. Oh, my God. Okay. so Jamie Dornan's a handsome dude. I get it. You know, so. Is is the idea that she's gonna lead a like a movie? Yes. So let's yeah, let's get into it. Uh, thank you for bringing us back to reality. So, <laughs> uh, Dakota Johnson will play the main character in the Madam Web movie, but we don't know exactly what that means because Madam Web's history is a little bit funny. Um, I want to say first of all that this announcement has pissed off a lot of people. Um, There are a lot of people really mad. They feel that this is ableism. Uh, They feel that this is ageist. They feel it's erasure because they did not cast an old disabled woman in the role. She's disabled? Madam Webb, yeah. She She has a disease. The original Madam Web. There are two Madam okay. Webs. That's maybe what I'm thinking of. Yeah. The original Madam Web is Cassandra Webb. Uh, you think they do the alliteration like Wendy Webb? The... Wendy Webb. That that that, that doesn't sound. That's yeah. That's a lost <laughs> art nowadays. No, that sounds like a, a name for a different kind of uh, entertainment. <laughs> Wendy Webb. <laughs> um, <laughs> Busty Betty. You know, like, come on, man. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. 
It's a Betty Page arc, right? Well, that's what they were going to call Wonder Woman first, but oh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wendy Wackham. She, she would work as a as a good Wonder Woman origin uh, character uh, actress. So, wrong superhero movie, I guess. Agreed. Uh, so she does have a neurological condition, uh, myasthen- myasthenia gravis, um, and that's what causes her disability. Uh, now, the likelihood that Dakota Johnson is playing that character is very low. More likely, she is playing Julia Carpenter, who is the character that we traditionally associate, I think, well, maybe not anymore, maybe maybe in earlier times, as Spider-Woman. Um, she's 90s, like, yeah. yeah, like 90s Spider-Woman. Um, that character would go on to become Madam Web in more recent comics where she gets the powers because the OG Madam Web died. So I think that this movie is probably going to feature a, a, a character who is the original Madam Web, some a different actor playing that role, and that that character will empower Julia Carpenter, who Dakota Johnson will be playing, to be Spider-Woman, and that will be the story for the next, you know, you know, for the, her future movie. That's what is I it, think. Is this how we get the old lady that was uh, uh, Granny Wendy and Hook uh, into the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Maggie Smith. Huh? Is, was it, isn't Maggie Smith Professor McGonagall? Is this the old lady from uh, Downton Abbey? Is this how we get her into the Marvel Cinematic Universe? We could do we want her there as Madam Web? Down, down Abbey. I don't... Do we want her there? It's only a matter of time, Marco. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just go ahead. I just got an alert. We're um, we are now the officially the longest podcast in history to talk about Madam Web for the longest. <laughs> <time>. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I just wanted I just wanted to say that you know, a I think people are jumping the gun with the ableist ages thing. I think too many people don't read comics and don't not that like, you know, I know everything about Madam Web, but like a simple Google search will help you out. Like some of these comments are outrageous. So somebody on Twitter said, uh, um, hell no, nah. disabled, act- disabled actresses exist. Madam Web is a canonically blind character with myasthenia gravis. Disabled mimicry is so annoying. And then they, they follow up with, and before you comic book dweebs get your knickers in a twist, yes, I know about the Julia Carpenter version. <laughs> this casting most likely means they'll introduce the OG Cassandra Webb combined with elements of Julia, so it'll still be disability erasure. Okay, how do you get from completely shitting on it as ableist, right, to then saying, yeah, I know all about it, which if you know all about the Julia Carpenter angle, you are also a comic book dweeb. And you jump right over the angle that I said, where they're both characters that exist in the movie, and you go to, yeah, they're just going to erase Cassandra Webb and bake all that character into Julia Carpenter. That's 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 bad faith. That's not a that's an argument that you're making because you didn't know about Julia Carpenter when you made the original tweet. 
I love when people do stuff like that. As somebody who has backtracked on Heroes in Crisis pretty publicly, um, I can smell a backtrack when I see one. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I knew about that, I swear. You know, I, I definitely thought that through and wasn't a, uh, a, a uh, an immediate reaction to something that I needed to tweet about. Yeah. My, my, my first thought came to um, Marissa Tomei being the, the new Aunt May. Like, were people up in arms about that? A little bit. Yeah? A little bit. Because every Aunt May has gotten younger. Mm. Hey, no, no issues there. I think that once they saw Marissa Tomei, they were like, yeah, I'll slide. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically for Marissa Tomei. Yeah. I don't want this movie. Like, we're just makes really scraping the bottom of the barrel at, at Sony, aren't we? In terms of character and, and IP. <laughs> What yeah. are you even gonna do here? Like, what what is the what, what is the premise? How does this work? What the what does she do that makes her so amazing as like a lead? Yeah, uh, nothing. Like, oh, yeah, talks to Spider Man, who they don't have. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't doesn't make any sense at all. Um, but that's enough about Madame Web. Uh, hopefully, we don't talk about that movie again until the trailer comes out. On the thirty third of twenty ninety. Uh, oh, interesting. Instead, let's talk about Secret Invasion. What year is this? Two thousand and fifteen. <laughs> no. Nice try. <laughs> Apparently, it's two thousand eight all over again because Marvel oh, is damn, revisiting. Yeah, right. Get with the times. Uh, Marvel is revisiting the Secret Invasion once again. Uh, it appears that this is going to be like a secret invasion too. Uh-huh. Like they're legit calling it a sequel. Um, Wait, sorry. Are we not talking about the Samuel L. Jackson movie? No. He has a movie called Secret Invasion. There's a, well, it's a series coming out, right? Oh, they yes. They're, they're filming that right now. Yeah. We're sort of talking about that. We'll get to it. But Oh, okay. There's a, they're, do, they're actually doing a secret invasion too. I yeah. missed that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Come um, on. So this comic is, of course, going to come out because they're tying into the movie or the TV show, rather. Um, and it's going to be written by Ryan North, who did the Squirrel Girl uh, book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Secret or Invasion. Uh, Zimbu <laughs> the Monkey, thank you for that comment. Uh, follow <laughs> if you haven't, by the way, please. And thank you. Welcome to the stream. Um, so it's going to be written by Ryan North with art by, uh, Francesco Mobley, who is really talented. Um, this sequel they're presenting in a different way. Uh, IGN has a whole, um, interview with Ryan North and he basically talks about the ways in which he wants this version of the secret invasion to be different. And a large part of that is by removing the element of surprise that the scrolls had in the first one, uh, which sounds weird. But um, basically what he says is that in the first one, humanity was not ready. They didn't know or didn't think to know that this would one day happen, um, that a scenario like this would occur. And so they got caught with their pants down. But that this time, since then, humanity has prepared 
for an invasion from the scroll similar to the one that happened during the secret invasion and that they're not going to be caught unaware in the same way and so this story is less about you know humanity's lack of preparedness which that angle would go on to um matter from a storytelling standpoint because that's why we got norman osborne in charge and all that jazz um that we're losing that angle and that this time it's going to be more about humanity just being overwhelmed by how far the scrolls are willing to go to get earth and then it's going to be focused more on maria hill nick fury and tony stark this time around um and that while there will be elements of surprise as far as like you know who who do you trust um mostly it's not going to be about that so this was not a secret anymore it's just an invasion right all right so whatever less secret invasion the least secret invasion <laughs> <laughs> that was a, a 80s uh uh event for dc the least secret invasion no just yeah. invasion oh, oh yeah, yeah yeah oh yeah it was i mean i love the secret invasion event it has flaws um mainly uplining a whole production uh cycle for what a year with every book having to have a secret invasion time, but I actually like the main book and what happens in it. Yep. Um, well, the but, most part, uh, I do like this. Um, Ryan, Ryan North is someone I enjoy. I, I hope he doesn't do his patented, um, bottom page text. Oh, see, I hope he does really. Oh, that used to annoy me after a while. I think if you got Ryan North, you got to work yeah, with what, so. what that comes with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, I, I'm excited for this team, and this seems to be more of an espionage book, even though it's a less secret invasion. They're really focusing on the the super spies of the Marvel universe, yeah, which is yeah. kind of what I expected the TV show to do. So I'm guessing this might be a way of resetting comic book readers' expectations for what to expect in the TV show, mm -hmm. uh, and maybe tie into that because what the TV show is going to be is not what the original event was. They can't do that, right? Um, so yeah, I'm excited for it. So I'm one of those people who still hates it whenever they use the name of a thing that happened in comics that was significant and then like really drag it down to the bare bones. Um, you know, it, it bothers me. It really does. The secret invasion concept is so rich that I can't even imagine why you would want to do it as a TV show when that could be an incredible arc of film. And that they haven't used it is frankly ridiculous, especially after Civil War. Yeah. Imagine if, and this might have been too much, but like imagine if after Endgame, you know, one of the dead heroes actually was a scroll. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I'm into it. I wonder, is there like, I've not read the event, so is there just like a lot of setup to it and that that's why they they can't do it in the way that they would? The the main setup is that they find Elektra's dead body and turns out she's a scroll, And so they're like, oh shit, the scrolls are back and they're posing as superheroes. And then it was just a giant marketing campaign back when people actually marketed comic books um, where it's like, oh, who do you man. trust? Um, who, who, who's a scroll? I don't think there, there's much setup to it. It's literally just that. Um, it, yeah, it, it happened right, right after, I mean, right after civil war. Yeah. Um, 
so like the the line-wide implication was that like the people who you know for for you know the the smart people were like you know obviously tony stark is a scroll why would tony stark do all this shit and a lot wrote on that for a while um and fueled a lot of uh marketing for for the book and um yeah i i i guess it took a while and needed a lot of setup but at the same time like i think you know in the mcu you could do that at the you know that that's a, a an end scene if there ever was one you know uh, an after credit scene uh, yeah shenran in the chat says uh, is this coming in 2022 because marvel's being full with events <coughs> i don't see this being marketed as a as an event it just seems like it's really been marketed as a mini miniseries like they're really yeah. stressing that forward so i think they're tempering expectations they want they don't want you to think about this as like the next big thing they clearly have that space laid out for judgment day um this is coming out because they want something secret invasion on the stands when the show's out um, it is coming out in 2022. It's just going to be a limited series. And I don't think that, I mean, even Ryan North says in the interview, it's not going to have the same kind of line-wide, um, you know, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Repercussions sure. that the OG did. So um, let's that, see. That being the case, right? That's mm. frustrating to hear because then you're just wasting the name associated uh, you know, you're you're slapping it down for like a mini well, essentially it's like if the, go ahead. sorry go ahead um it, it's like if empire had been this whole bigger thing um and then you know you bring it back a few years down the line but it's just an arc of a of a mini then what is what did that matter what does that matter to the original series at that point Nothing. Even, even the fact that they're taking away the secret part is pretty <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. It's just an invasion. Yeah, like, so what is all this hanging on? Like, they aliens invade the the Marvel universe constantly. Stream went down again. That's so annoying. Um, it's, it's it's up. It's just kind of going in and out. Like the, the stream itself is up. But all right. Well, um, yeah. I mean, we have a comment from uh, Zimbu the monkey. He said, or they said, kind of disagree. TV allows for more subtle, gradual development. Just compare the top tier TV with films if done right. Um, yeah, yeah. I I, I definitely see that perspective. Um. It's just that in terms of scale, you're never really going to get the same kind of scale and scope from a TV show that you will, or in a movie, or in a TV show that you would get from a movie. And there are certain things that are cut off. Like you're not going to have Captain Marvel, you know, uh, War Machine, or well, you might have War Machine, um, you know, these Spider-Man, like they're not going to be a part of it. So that means that it's going to be a smaller scale thing. And that's not what I want for Secret Invasion. It has the potential to be bigger and grander than that. So, yeah, that's just my that's my feeling about it. Um, but I'll read it. 
because it's <laughs> Marvel and it's an event and I'm a sucker. We know. Are, 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 is anyone looking forward to the show? Um, no. I'm not. It's not a surprising answer for me, but no. Yeah. This is this is probably one of the shows that I'm the the least interested in. We we don't have much material in terms of like marketing trailers, whatnot, and it's just it feels low energy, I guess, compared to some of the stuff like we were. I like I was hyped for WandaVision for uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, but like this, meh. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about something that is a lot better news. Graphic novel sales were up 65% in 2021. I like annually and maybe twice a year to remind people of how wrong they are about the take that comics are dying. Um, I think that there's an element within the industry. uh, There are people who like to be the doomsayers, and I'm sure that exists everywhere. People who want to be the first to say, yeah, I told you so. Comics are dying, dude. And so that whenever that happens, they can say, yeah, remember when I said that? Comics were dying and they're dead. Um, Well, you're wrong because uh, 65% in 2021 up from 2020, that's amazing. And especially when you consider the fact that from 2019 to 2020, they were up 100%. See, that's that I think is a better number because to be fair, uh, 2020, they stopped uh, publishing of certain things. Yeah. I don't know if it was all across the board for graphic novels necessarily because I think they still had pipelines for like uh, Barnes and Nobles and the like. But from 2019, that's a more indicative number because that, that supersedes the year-over-year growth uh, 2019 to 2020. And the, uh, I guess the downtime, the down period for 2020, just uh, across the industry. Yeah. Yeah, it it is a weird time. Um, And so you would think, and we, we thought, I thought, I got on this podcast and said that we were in for a lean period uh, in 2020. I said that, but I was wrong. And I'm generally positive about the state of comics. So you know, we can't ignore the elephant in the room, which is manga. Manga represents, manga is baked into this. When they say graphic novels, manga is included. I wish it wasn't, not because I don't want manga to be a part of the conversation, just that I want to look at how comics are, like how American comics are doing and use that as a gauge. Because if manga's doing well, that helps the comic stores, but that doesn't necessarily give us an insight into how the publishers of American comic books are doing. Um, but we do know that uh, the adult graphic novel section uh, was up 107%. But again, that does include manga, which sold up uh, 17 million units. That's crazy. 17 million? 17 million. That must be more than the American comic industry combined. Like, that has to be. Dude. Wait, you think so? 
17 million yeah. would, would you get units wise on a, a batman uh, monthly let's say for a year for a year i mean i have i have a, one of the graphs up on the stream Go so ahead. Uh, the you can see the volume of units sold between 2020 versus 2021 and it separates it between superhero and manga and manga is literally like four times as much yeah so, so. Mm, it okay is, yeah yeah manga is really uh really carrying the load here on uh um, the sales charts yeah it looks like for superheroes volume of units sold between 2020 and 2021 it's been ra- like roughly the same for superhero books yeah it's been uh 2.3 that's right the one right underneath it that's flat 2.3 percent is the growth right mm-hmm. um, yeah of units sold yeah um, cause at the end, uh, of the article that we have from Heidi McDonald over at comics beat, uh, she talks about how, um, how biased people are when they talk about this, this subject and that 2.3% in her words, 2.3% is, is modest growth. Um, it is growth and not a cataclysmic decline. You can't say an industry is in decline if it's growing, mm-hmm. no matter what the growth is. Um, and I am so done with the conversation about, you know, oh man, comics suck because they went woke and manga's awesome because it still shows boobs and butts. Ah, man, Boku no Pico exists. That's. <laughs> ah, oh, no. <laughs> well, only the good mangas, okay, Sean? I mean, listen, some of the stuff that I have seen when I'm. <laughs> Uh, unlucky enough to come across this stuff is uh, let's say not not the highest of art, right? Um, just the fact that it shows boobs and butts ain't enough. And it feels like a lot of people's argument is rooted in that. I'm sure there's a lot of really smart anime. I'm sure there's a lot of manga. I'm sorry. I'm sure there's a lot of really smart manga. I'm sure there's a lot of really good stuff across the board. But your if you, if your argument is that manga hasn't gone woke, that's ridiculous. Because you can you can still have what is it? What's what's the hottest manga right now? Probably Demon Slayer. I think Demon is Slayer, the, the big one right now. You can uh, have a a Demon Slayer equivalent in 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 Western comics, content wise. Yeah, I guess. Why not? It's just it's different. It's different writing. It's different storytelling. But the uh, forget that. I'm talking about the content, like the what happens. Oh, sure, I guess. It, but it'll be like a vault book, and it won't. Nobody will read it. <laughs> You're well, Marco just burying vault comics. There. <laughs> no was, offense, they have good. They have good stuff. But you know, but that, it's yeah, like but if you it's read a, their sales between that and manga, a little different. But, but even that's not true. Look at how violent Invincible is, and The Walking Dead. They're extremely violent. I don't think content's the issue. I think, yeah. sure, you have not analogous content between manga and Western superhero stuff. But what makes manga more, I think what sells it more, is the accessibility of it. it but is- you're not talking about what I'm talking about. I'm, t- I'm, talking, I'm responding to the argument that comics went woke. Mm. And I'm okay. saying that that doesn't hold water because it's not, it's not content that we can't get in Western comics that you can have in manga. It's, it's not like it's a, you it's couldn't have argument. Like, 
Yeah. And and even to that, right? Uh, My Hero Academia, they, they have a note here on it that they removed it because it would have skewed the numbers too much for superhero category because My Hero Academia is a superhero book. Mm. Right. Um, you know, it, it's probably one of the biggest things next to a Demon Slayer or uh, anything else. So, so like, you have the direct parallel of content of super, a superhero story about becoming superheroes uh, compared to the entire industry of you know the bread and butter of dc and marvel you have that direct line so it does sell yeah yeah exactly zimbu the monkey in the chat says it's annoying because there are critiques to be made from the left uh being too shallow with performative representation but most people complaining just like hi i'm I'm fash you know it is like a smooth brain straw man argument that i feel like just is a way to get reactions out of people like i don't think that's a legitimate if you're looking at the data, it's not a legitimate argument. And by the way, like I feel very comfortable saying this flatly. If you do not read Western comics because of a woke agenda, you're a racist and you need to address that. There's, there's just no way around it. That's dumb as hell. You can talk about that stuff. We talk about it all the time on this podcast. And the conversation is always worth having. But to sit there and say that because Marvel publishes comics with black people in them, that that's a woke agenda and performative. That's a racist take. That's where you cross the line. That's not true. Yeah. I don't that's ridiculous. Think it's just racism either, but it's, it's like, it's sexism. It's anti-queer. Uh, yeah. Sentiment. It's everything. And it's all just masked, masked in, honestly, fragile masculinity. Like that's, if we're going to get into that discussion, that's exactly what it is. And it's, and it's grifters, uh, exploiting that for people's money on Kickstarter. Yeah. Well, yeah. We, know, we know they don't have an agenda because they did outright cancel that Luke Cage book that was meant to be. <laughs> yeah. So like, we, we, we know they don't have an agenda without there. They'd they be canceling these books left and right. I think the correct argument is the accessibility of superhero comics. It's not easily accessible. If I want to buy Demon Slayer, I can see, all right, there's volume one. And I can see, oh, volume seven. It's super easy. They're bite-sized and they're easily, you can jump on and you know where to jump on. If I look for Spider-Man, I don't know where the fuck I'm looking. Yeah, and you if got I pick up volume one of Spider-Man, I'm not going to like it. Or you don't even know if it's the right volume, right? Because it could be volume yeah. one of X run from whatever years ago to this year to whatever, to a mini, to something that's inconsequential. There's just so much of it that it's not categorized in a way yeah. that is easily understandable. But... Yeah. But but I think that's different, right? Because the manga there, it's just one continued serialized mm-hmm. story where you ha- you can't do that for the publishers here. It, it's arc after arc of the same story being told by different creators, and you have to remarket those things because they're, they're new creative teams. And I think right. that that's I think that that's a hard, that's a really hard comparison. That I think is unique to. Uh, American comics, but I think it's a it's a detriment because you don't have the single focused story that you would for uh for manga where you have it over twenty four volumes right instead of over uh, seven different arcs each ranging from volume one to three. And it is also like it's a singular vision too. It's like oh, this is Kishimoto Naruto, you know? Yeah, and. Instead, you're like, I mean, you, the independent stuff like like Invincible, I guess it's probably as close as you get. But you can't retroactively 
fit superhero comics into that mold. And I think that's that hampers it. And I don't think like there's there's always a conversation to be had about why comics don't sell as well as manga and stuff like that. And I and I I think all of them are worth having. I think part of it though too is that manga has the hotter hand. You know, yeah. it really does. Um, it has the hotter hand. It's what's popular with young people right now. Comics are not in that position. I just had an aha moment. There's yeah. one thing manga has that superhero comics don't have as much boobs. Of. But I was gonna say cat girls actually. Cat girls. <laughs> 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 I mean, Tigra. Where's the Tigra book? I want volume one Tigra. That would Cheetah. Sell. Cheetah. Furry, furry content. That's what it is. Well, we know that that would get you to the door, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, Tyler. I yeah, mean, Tyler. Mar Marco knows what I've been working on, so <laughs> whoa, whoa, what? I'm hey, oh. cat girls. You know, Wait, is there not... something going on behind the scenes? No, no, just, never mind, just cat never girl mind. stuff. No, we're good. We're good. Just cat girl stuff. <laughs> That's fine. I, I want to know. Wait, I mean, I do too. Um, the the other thing too, though, is like the uh, the manga to anime pipeline. Like you know, if you get a a decent shonen series, you'll get three chapters in, and you've got a you know a TV show. Yeah, you got a pilot like in what uh, a year. Yeah, um, and the you know Marvel you know can't they they can't keep up with that at all yeah Th that i think is a really really good point because that that is what makes the demon slayer because you know more people will likely watch than will read so that's what makes mm -hmm. demon slayer more popular retroactively you get a cool ass anime pub uh made by a really well-known studio and the quality is there and you go oh cool let me read this because i need to catch up because i would rather read this and accelerate to wherever they are now it's the it's the same thing you do with a uh, a naruto situation or the same way you would have done it with um one piece right like i can watch it or i can catch up by reading and it's a preference at that point but that pipeline that connectivity is so smooth that you can go back and forth on pretty much any manga series and it's likely to have an anime adaptation. I want to get some of the, the listener comments. Uh, having you guys react live to our conversations is phenomenal. Appreciate you guys. Um, so Shenron said, I mean, if someone asked me for Spider-Man, I would just say Ultimate Spider-Man. Same writer and just two different artists that don't overlap each other. Very manga-esque. I agree with that. I think at this point, the best recommendation for a Spider-Man, for someone who wants to read Spider-Man stories is Ultimate Spider-Man. Unfortunately, Ultimate Spider-Man is 20 years old. Still though, that's not that's not bad. Like, you know, we... I mean, it is for Marvel superhero comics. Mm. That's yeah, that's the point I'm making. That okay. to give someone the recommendation of where to like jump in with Spider-Man, you still have to go back 20 years. I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend anything that has come out other than like Life Story, I guess. But even that's like not, you know, it's a six issue mini. Um, there's like, nothing yeah. modern to recommend. You, so I wonder then is like the, I guess not a solution, but is an answer to manga just like, hey, because um, we got, I think it was, who was it? Zimbu, no, Shenron also. Where like you think having a long run for a comic like Tom King, a hundred run for Batman can help accessibility. I think that's the answer is you give two creators three creators whatever a 
three-year contract to be like make your mark on this character if you have an idea and then that's how you're able to better market stuff instead of having you know after tom king leaves you have a, a split second with tinian and then after tinian you go into williamson or whatever it might be that those disruptions i think are what break up the 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 post um trade where you need to categorize things by those arcs versus having one whole complete story again like an ultimate spider-man like a hundred issue run on batman and that helps to categorize things i think you're right but the you know the then the problem is you know you can't have an art you can't stick to a monthly schedule for that like your your average artist isn't going to be able to keep up with that pace Mm. with colors with inks you know depending on the artist um and then letters um and you know let's not forget writers aren't you know uh, the perfect turn-in machines uh that everyone thinks they are too you know yeah and to piggyback on that you know you're 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 essentially asking creators especially artists to work on the the company's character for three years like i i can't imagine a a creator especially at this juncture locking themselves in for three years guaranteed on a character that they didn't create um especially for an artist like you literally will not be able to do anything else Mm. um we even with saga right which is creator owned ip um bkv and fiona staples own it from stem to stern and they had to take a break to go do other stuff right Mm -hmm. um granted that was after a longer period but that was also their own owned characters so it gets tough in 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 uh in western comics especially when you're talking about big two stuff um that's a good point uh I do want to jump back into the comments a little bit. Uh, thank you, Average Husband. Haven't seen your name around before. Welcome. Uh, make sure you follow, please, if you haven't. Is that um, my burner account? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Zimbu the Monkey. People often say Ultimate Spidey to be a good starter point. I'm relatively new to comics. Yeah, if you haven't, uh, if you haven't read it, I think it is a great starting point if you want to read Spider-Man specifically. Um, I think the, the the early the early to mid to late two thousands is a pretty decent starting point, um, but yeah, there are a lot of different places you can start. Maybe we should do a, a main topic about that down the road. Um, yeah, it's it's tough, but the ultimate point of this conversation is that comics are doing fine. Thanks, Manga. <laughs> Thanks for carrying the load there. You know, there's there's well, solution. Hmm. Reboot. Let's reboot <sighs> the entire universe. Whoa. Make everyone a little younger. Whoa. You Tyler, change, I don't... change the race of certain people. Whoa. Reboot the entire line. Wow. The ult- ultimates. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Thought I had something. I... Oh, wait. Hang on. I've got it. What about all new, all different? Okay. Fuck. Uh, no, I think that's. Wait, wait, wait. We can do it. We can do it. Whoa. Shit. What about New a rebirth? <laughs> yeah, that is. What work. about <laughs> what about a flash porn? Mm, no, no. Yeah. Flash porn. Yeah. Flash porn. Whoa. You, know what you're saying? you didn't Whoa, finish your word. I didn't know. I'm trying to. That's you. 
That's you, dude. What if what if all the what if the universes were all somehow connected and that there were different variations so we can get different kinds of stories? Okay. Marco, right. I'm okay. so proud of you. Over over these, you know, past few years, you've just you've really blossomed. <laughs> I never would have expected you to pull out an infinite crisis reference. <laughs> so comics are definitely thriving. Um and one area of comics that is really on fire right now is Substack Comics. This week, we learned that a new wave, here comes a new challenger, a new wave of uh, creators have joined the Substack movement, some creators that might even surprise you. And on that very same day, I believe, Substack put out a response to all of the criticism that has been lobbed against them over the last year. And um, it's iffy. We're going to talk about that <laughs> in our main topic. <laughs> Stick around if you're watching us live on Twitch. We will be back in five minutes or less to have this discussion about Substack. I'm kind of heated about it, and I have a take. So we're going to get into it five minutes or less. We'll be right back. Yep. See you guys. First of all, I'm going to start this conversation by explaining what Substack is for those of you who don't know. Um, Substack is essentially a website that allows you to host your newsletter. That's primarily what it's about. Um, and various writers from all different walks of life, professions, etc., use Substack as a way to connect to their audience and send their messages to them on a monthly, you know, subscription-based um, uh, capacity. So last year, Nick Spencer, writer formerly of Amazing Spider-Man, uh, Captain America, jazz like that, started to court writers to join Substack. He was paid to be the, the ambassador of Substack into the comics world. And he was able to recruit uh, names like Scott Snyder, names like James Tinian, um, names like, uh, help me out. Um, who else Jonathan has Hickman. Wait, Jonathan is, Hickman? Is yeah. it confirmed really? that Spencer was the agent Colson of Substack? 100%. Okay. Really? Okay. Um, and that fact coupled with what I'm about to talk about, which is their their past and their unsavory history is why so many were skeptical about Substack in the first place. So, um, Substack, <laughs> go ahead. Sorry, someone did make uh, uh, give me a subscribe, so I got I did get that. Yeah, Mar Marco <laughs> gifted <laughs> Kale a subscription. <laughs> All right, I guess I'll uh, gift someone one too. So there I you go. To... <laughs> Let's get a sub train going. Starting, oh. yeah, starting from the pals. So, so, Subtrain? Are we talking about Fifty Shades again? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Hey. Running the subtrain. Let's do it. Led by uh, Cyclops. Choo -choo. The world. Um, so, yeah, get that get that subtrain going while I uh, explain why people don't like Substack. So Substack doesn't really curate their content too much. And therefore, there's a lot of content on there that is anti-vax, um, anti-trans, anti a lot of different things. Um, you know, there is some, I guess you would say, like hateful stuff on there, or just stuff that's like 
you know, iffy. Um, and so that caused a lot of concern. In fact, a lot of the creators who joined Substack were called into question about how they could work with this company, knowing that James Tinian, a very notably um, gay creator in comics, had to answer to some of those charges. And he said that he was working on, you know, having conversations with the people at Substack about some of that stuff. And that, you know, he was very aware of, you know, what their reputation is. Um, I think he's the only creator that I can think of who specifically spoke to these issues. Maybe others did and I didn't catch it. But flat, uh, fast forward, Substack has, you know, creators have been working on Substack to much success. Um, and now um, we're at another point at which a ton more creators have announced their new Substacks. Um, mind you, what creators put on Substack is it, it runs the gamut between uh, classes. Scott Snyder teaches a class behind the scenes and process stuff. Um, actual comic books, newsletters, all kinds of things like that. Um, now we have a, a new wave of Substacks. Uh, so we've got these creators on the platform. Uh, I'll start with Tom King. Tom King and uh, Elsa Charrier. 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 Chandelier, I guess. Chartier. Yeah. Chartier. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Tom and, and Elsa, um, they are launching, they have launched their Substack, Everlasting Productions. The first product of that being Love Everlasting, which is out now uh, for free. Anyone can read it. Um, what they're selling through the Substack is behind the scenes stuff, process stuff, um, how they you know came to certain ideas, um, scripts, um, podcasts, uh, AMAs, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it looks like a decent um, uh, value, quite frankly. For 60 bucks, you get the comic, which you would get regardless. Um, the first 500 annual subscribers would also get access to two yearly Zoom calls. The first 250 would get a mini print from the comic, and the first 100 would get in a raffle to win a signed page um, by the creators. So that's cool. And then for $250, you would get uh, a print copy of the book, um, the ability to buy art from the book. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's that's about it. Um, so yeah, it's cool if you want it, whatever. Um, did any of you get a chance to read the actual comic? Uh, yeah, I did. Um, How was it? I didn't read it. I enjoyed it. Mostly, I think I I will. I'm interested in where they're going. Um, it's uh, so it's a romance comic, um, but I guess the idea is that this romance will eventually lead to the end of the world. Mm. Um, and the thing about the thing about this issue in particular, and what makes me sort of hesitate on it, is that it sets up a romance, but then it goes to a different time period and sets up a different romance with the same uh, female lead mm -hmm. and it's very it's very repetitive so it goes through three different periods of this all roughly the same while she's figuring out what's going on mm -hmm. and it's just it's a little too repetitive I got you but it seems like it could go somewhere cool 
Um, yeah, I really want to read it. I just didn't get the chance. It's new Tom King. I'm sure it's good. Um, they're full length, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I do want to check it out. Um, we're getting more Tinian. It, it feels like everyone was supposed to come with their best, like their best ideas or like give an idea of what the next year of Substack is going to look like for them because Tinian announced new content as well. Um, a new book called um, The Closet, I think it's called. Uh, where do I have that? Yeah, The, the Closet. Um, and, you know, he talked about how important this was to him. Um, it's a book he's wanted. To, it's a story he's wanted to tell since he was a child, um, which is, you know, pretty cool. Um, if you if you are not subscribed, you can read the first 10 pages of the closet. So, you know, um, Gavin Fullerton on art, Chris O'Halloran on colors, Tom Napolitano on letters. Um, this is probably good. Good team. Yeah, exactly. Jonathan Hickman announced more stuff coming to uh, to his Substack, including uh, the announcement that uh, Steve Wacker, Stephen Wacker, who was the editor in chief of Marvel, mm. um, or no, I'm sorry, he wasn't the editor in chief of Marvel. He was a man of many hats at Marvel. Notably, I remember him for editing the hell out of Amazing Spider-Man uh, for many years. Hawkeye as well. Yeah. He's Did now I, uh, going to be the editor in chief over at Jonathan Hickman's Substack. Wow, that's yeah. a big so get. he left. He left Marvel. He left Marvel to go and do that. He was um, head of uh, digital content, I think, or he was working in the digital content space with Marvel prior to this, I believe. That sounds right to me. Yeah, I wonder if like those Infinity comics were might might have been his brainchild, but that's a big get. Yeah, especially if you're if you're trying to build a universe, uh, your own comic book universe, which is what Hickman is kind of doing. Um, that right. Uh, getting Wacker as your editor. That's that's a that's a good, good choice. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. It's crazy that they that they're at this at a point where they're going to need an editor like that to manage like a world um, for, for this to be the future uh, it's weird right because like if, if this, this is where everybody's going to my big thing is do i have to subscribe to all these if i want to see the next tom king book or the next tinian book or the next whatever book because uh, otherwise you know you wait for the print publication or wherever else you can get it but uh, to get it first i don't know i find it kind of frustrating that i have to subscribe to all these things on top of everything else i'm already subscribed to yeah that was my initial uh reservation for all this too yeah so yeah i mean that that is um that's kind of like the point of the conversation that i wanted to have here um let me get through a couple more of these announcements and then we'll really dive into that yeah. um jen bartell launched a Substack um called the jen bartell club which uses an image of harley quinn uh as like promotional material uh, yeah, i thought I, that was kind of interesting i have the announcement here using uh shuri i believe as well yeah that's cool. i wonder i wonder what the logistics are there but sure yeah i don't i don't see how that's possible but all right um so we got jen part jen bartell the manga splaining uh podcast is going on substack they're doing a spin-off that will be over there on substack um 
that's actually pretty cool. I, I, Kale, I know you listened to it. How it would, what did you react? So what, what they're doing, I, I think is really, really cool and really, really valuable. Um, they're translating, uh, manga that's not been released in the u.s before mm. and sort of mm. little known um manga that's never been translated into english before um and that's crazy yeah and that's like their thing like that's what they're doing this whole Substack for uh, that's um i'm wildly excited about that even just for you know more stories getting into the world you know this this to me is a really good value prop right because it's different from the the stuff that i feel like we get otherwise um subscribing what five books a month and that's a new chapter of manga each week so i guess you're you're paying for uh what per week five like a dollar per issue of a book essentially and that's not bad that similar similar regular cadence to what you would get if you were subscribed to a shonen jump um and the fact that it's gonna be what they would consider like curated list of manga like that's high that has to be high quality stuff that hasn't been translated at that point manga explaining is that chip show right mm-hmm. okay chip, yeah. chris chip show. brothers <laughs> Okay. David Brothers. Brothers. Oh, David it's, Brothers. It's, David it's, Brothers. it's cartoonist kayfabe, except instead of a Liefeld, it's manga, right? <laughs> cartoonist kayfabe has uh, Jim Rugg. I so, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, like in, in, the term, in terms of what they, what kind of oh. content they talk about, yeah. Brian K. Vaughn and Nico Henriken have launched a Substack, or they've launched a book on Substack, Spectators. Uh, it's an OGN. Um, and if you subscribe to their Substack, you can read it. Um, they're also going to have podcasts, process videos, uh, a private forum called the tower. Um, and it feels like every single one of these Substacks now has a like higher tier, um, offer. So like for them, they have $250 a year. You'll get signed limited edition script to saga number one. What? A hand-drawn sketch card Damn from it. Nico and more. Um, oh, actually, if you if you subscribe for free, you can read the book. Subscribing only gets you posts and art and giveaways and podcasts and all that stuff I talked about. Uh, Zim- Zimbu says, uh, we love our community fragmentation, folks. <laughs> this, is the, uh, this is the snow piercer of comics, actually. Yeah, I really want to talk about that part. Um, Carrie Randolph, um, Joan Starter, um, or Starrer, Grant Morrison. This one hurt. This hurt. one hurt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't think they would they would do this, to be honest. I yeah, what, I what they came out with, that makes sense. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so Grant is is joining Substack, announced on Grant's birthday, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, coincidentally. Um, and Grant you know, talked a little bit about what this is going to be. It's like a, uh, so they said a, a renewed desire to cut out the middlemen and go back to my roots led all the way to the primordial deaths of Xanadun. My attempt at autobiographical sci-fi collage comics. That's comics with a K um, done in the lowest of hands-on anti-NFT lo-fi with felt pens, colored pencils, scissors, and blackmail 
graphics, crude, primitive, post-apocalyptic, and back to basics before computers roamed the earth. That sounds cool as fuck. Huh. It is interesting. I've checked it out, and it is literally looks like a serial killer note. Um, it's collage comics, and I don't know what's going on, which is fair. It's a Grant Morrison joint, you know, but uh, we'll see. I let's just talk about it. Um, I hate what Substack is doing to comics. I really do. Um, and I wasn't into it when they first announced it, but I was like, yeah, let's see what happens. Now I'm just full on disgust. Like I'm happy for the creators that they have the ability to make money. I really am. Um, but guess what? All these creators were making money before Substack and they were making a good amount of it. You know, like I, I don't have access to their bank accounts, but I'm pretty sure Scott Snyder makes a lot of money in comics. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it feels like pretty much all the creators that they have tapped are creators who are already successful. And this additional lane is fragmenting the audience. Like what, um, who was it that said that in the chat? Zimbu the monkey. Yeah. yeah. Um, absolutely. Great point. This sucks for people. Like I love Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison Anything Grant puts out, I want to see. I want to see it. I want to read it. Grant is that person for me in comics. But I'm not subscribing to this. I'm not doing it. Sean, is uh, Jen Bartels also tiered? Uh, let me see. I will have an answer for you in a second. Um, assume so. It, it, it's... I don't like the tiering fragmentation. Like... Uh, I'm okay with like the way you mentioned BKVs where it's tiered, but you get additional stuff. The actual book is free to read, right? Yeah. Yeah. That I'm okay with. If it's tiered in terms of the actual content of it, the book itself, that I don't, I don't care for. Um, and also the, the politics behind Substack ain't, ain't, ain't the best. And we're going to um, talk about that it, more it, too, yeah. And especially, you know, Jen Bartel, who is uh, very vocal on Twitter, uh, politically, and I agree with 99% of the stuff she, she talks about. Seeing then that she came here, it was just like, ah, come on. I, I also thought it was weird for Brian K. Vaughn because he also has Panel Syndicate, and that's his like baby of where he publishes his own stuff by himself, like on the web, the private eyes yeah. there, you know. He, he has the death that of space that. already. But that sucks because like, he already had that space. So I don't know why you would need to come here outside of maybe it has just more heat on it right now. Yeah. Honey. Yeah. yeah. yeah moolah, baby. He's not having to front the space for it. Fair. But like his whole premise was you don't have to pay anything for this anyway. So. Yeah. You don't have to pay was, anything. Yeah. He does. No, no, but I'm saying even as panel syndicate, right? Like you don't have to. And if he's putting out a comic where he's also, you don't have to pay to read the comic. It feels counterintuitive then, right? Because you could you could have had this there. By the way, uh, Jen Bartels is tiered um, for four dollars and change, or five dollars a month if you don't do it annually. Four dollars and change if you do it annually. Fifty dollars a year annually. Um, you get uh, exclusive posts. You know, it's a membership. You get access See, to her that, shop. It's more like a Patreon, and I get it. That, free yeah free access includes just work in progress process tutorials okay and more 
I'm not um, too so. against that. I'm, I'm more against Substack as the the company, really, than anything. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, it, it is it is creative types um, adopting very capitalist, um, uh, I guess, hierarchies and um, uh, payment models and stuff, which most creative types can also be more the liberal types. And I feel like this is kind of counterintuitive to more capital, like critiques on capitalism that I've seen a lot of them talk about, but also creative types don't get paid that well. So like, it's like, uh, which, where do you, where do you go? You know, but it's a weird, it's a weird line that I feel like a lot of like big creatives are having to, to come to terms with, um, because it means steady money. Steady money is the, it's the tricky part with, you know, when you're a creative, Sure, you can get big deals here. Like Jen Bartel is friggin' designing sneakers that get released. Um, awesome. But is it steady? No, it depends on the job at the time. This is a membership, and it's like I, I can't fault them for wanting steady money. It just so happens that it's on a platform that's kind of shitty. But for that, you open up a Patreon or something. You you know you work off of Kickstarters for your books and things like that. You know, it's similar concepts. <sighs> But from what we've heard, Substack is offering most of these people a lump sum up, up front, right? That's true. Yeah. They're getting yeah. they're getting large sums of money up front. That's yeah. the reason that this is happening. Any one of these creators could easily start a Patreon and do what they do what they do the same thing, essentially. But what what they can't do is offer you the comic for free. If Tom King yeah. and Elsa launched a Patreon, the comic would not be free. Here they can because they got a large sum of money up front. And that makes it even worse. Look, I don't even want to say this. Worse how? Okay. I think personally that some of these creators are milking their audience. That's how I feel. And I don't want to think about them like that. It taints how I view them that they're doing this. Some of these Substack offers $250 a year for process. You got to be kidding me. That's outrageous to me. Sean, you, you, I was going to say, Sean, you play, you play, you played World of Warcraft. You know what a, what a, what a whale is. They're just hunting for whales at this point. I know, but we, we like, it feels I don't want to use I'm not I don't want to slimy. Yeah, I don't want to dramatize yeah. it too much, but it feels slimy. Yeah. What, <laughs> Max what, says only you, fans for comics. <laughs> <laughs> what would you pay uh for that, Sean? I'm on Scott Snyder's Substack. The only reason I took it is because he's teaching a class. I want to learn from someone who is a master of the industry. There are no other substacks that I would subscribe to. None. I think I'm, I accidentally subscribed to Zadarsky's. <laughs> But I think I was I was signed up to his newsletter in the first place. Right. I think that's how that happened. I might have done that too, or I might have been grandfathered in. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't but like in that in that same vein, like what Sean's talking about. Snyder just offered a, 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 a an an extra tier, like I think he called it the founders level. That it's like if you pay three hundred dollars a year, uh, you can get your comics signed by him and i don't know it was i don't remember all the details but it was not worth it i'm gonna i'm gonna pull it up um i 
I don't want to. I don't know. It's it's tough to have this conversation because this is the list of what was on offer. Um, the first X amount, I don't remember. I'm sorry. We're able to get one-on-one chats. Okay, first 100 people was one-on-one chats. Dinner at San Diego Comic-Con for the first 100 and a chance to win a ticket to NYCC. And that's a raffle. That's a, yeah, a raffle, a chance. Damn. Yeah, uh, that stuff. All of those were like the first X amount of people. So that was all gone, you know, within the, you know, probably the first couple of hours, right? Uh, then, <laughs> yeah, then for everybody else, for $300, right? This is what you get. 24 hours advance on all their merch. The ability to buy it 24 hours ahead of everybody. So the ability to spend more money. Access to all VIP con events for free. Meaning whenever Snyder does a paid uh, signing or anything like that, you can go for free. Ten of your books signed, which if you catch Snyder at a con, generally you can do that for free. And five exclusive covers, one of them signed by Capullo and Snyder. $300. I, I know comic fans. I know speculators. That's a steal for them. Oh, absolutely. And he yeah. uh, he mentions that. He was like, yeah, you can get your stuff signed or, you know, take I, advantage I of us if you like, want, whatever. Like, I almost feel like if he's trying to take advantage of the speculator market, go for it. Screw him. Milk him. Like, because <laughs> I know they can be real, uh, like, uh, abrasive in person and stuff, too. So, like, maybe this is a way of getting money out of him. Maybe so he doesn't have to see him at cons. I don't know. But, like, uh, I can't hate as long as the content is more on the higher tiers without excluding, you know, lower tiers from the content, which is the actual project where it's more additional stuff. I can't really fault them for it. It gets a little it gets a little as Zimbu said, hacky um, when you start mentioning raffle tickets and dinners and stuff. And like, that's a little I think it's hacky or cheesy, in my opinion, but. Like, what's the real content there? Um, but uh, I can't really fault them for wanting steady income, you know. Me neither. Uh, and I don't. I Like, I, I genuinely don't. I get it. I respect the hustle. I really, really, really do. Especially given that we ourselves, everybody on this podcast, like, you know, we are also content creators. It's a different game, obviously. But you you want to make money like you, you you hope to be able to make money and you have to find ways to monetize the difference between what they're doing and what we do is that every single one of them already earns a ton of money in the industry. And these are your fans are people who really love and support you. And you're saying, hey, if you want to really support me, spend three hundred dollars a year. I don't know. You have I'm not viewing it that to, way, though. Yeah, you yeah. have the option to do so. I'm, I'm not saying come here and do so because this is the only option. But like, if you want it, this is what we can offer you. And thank you for wanting to support this much. It's like people who donate more than the minimum. But like, I don't know. And, and this, you know, sort of goes back to my original argument with it. It's like, where else are you going to find more Hickman? You know? Yeah. Thank you, Kale. Yes, that that that's exactly right. Go ahead. I'll let you answer him since you said it. 
or more Morrison for that matter. Like Morrison's been off the grid for how long? Like, are you guys feeling like I'm just trying to understand here? Like, are you guys feeling like it's then taking them away from the stuff you like? Or it's, it's more yeah. of a, a monopolization of ideas and, and creatives. Yeah, it's what Zimbu okay. said. It's a fragmentation of the community. Now, if you want to read Grant Morrison's next comic story, next venture, you have to subscribe to his subs- to their Substack. Sorry, and take peyote um, apparently based on what the, <laughs> the content looks like. So that's just you know, a great book, though. That that just doesn't feel good to me. Like I can get behind what Tom and Elsa are doing. Because over there, they're saying, hey, the comic is free. If you want access to, like, process and things like that, six bucks a month. I, I can get behind that. That's that's yeah. more reasonable. But when you combine what Substack is and what we know them for and the controversy with the fact that so many creators who, by the way, are some of the people who keep the lights on. You know what I'm saying? Like a new Hickman book keeps the lights on. Hickman is saying... Yeah, I'd rather keep my own lights on. And he has all rights to do that. That's fine. It's his right. But the industry doesn't benefit from that decision. And Substack doesn't give a shit about comics. And that sucks. If it was a business that was created by creators, for creators, that's different. Substack doesn't care. Would Would it not still benefit comics if they are going to find a way to release this outside of Substack for money and also for uh, if they if they uh, do end up printing, which I think we, we've had that confirmed that a few of these will actually see printings. Wouldn't that just be a way to access this early then? And then later you see the sales because they're going to they're going to put this stuff out anyway. Yeah, but then the heat is gone. Lots of people won't buy it because they already saw it. It's not the same. And also, and like, also I'll, I'll I'll see it when I see it, you know, like yeah. so far we haven't seen that yet. So or even right. a plan. Yeah. We haven't yeah. even seen a publishing plan at all. It's yeah. mostly been promises. Um, I'm curious, any of these people, these new newer Substack people speak out against Substack previously when the, the previous uh, wave happened? <laughs> oh, they must have. Oh, my I God. would imagine so. I don't I don't actually know, but I would imagine so. Um, you, Sean, do you remember Snyder said some stuff? Uh, in the beginning, he sort of uh, said that he, you know, uh, was, I don't know, <laughs> comfortable with where Substack was in the podcast or something. Did, do you remember? Uh, I don't remember, honestly. See if, I'm going to see if I can find it in the, the transcript in my. Yeah. Uh, well, let, let's get into some of the comments. By the way, thank you guys so much for all the subs that were gifted. I know some of those came from the people on this podcast, but still, uh, it's much appreciated. Um, uh, Zimbu in the comments has been going off. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I get the need to cut the middleman. I mean, F the middleman always, but how is Substack not that? A right-wing funded walled garden is now more free. It's the same vibes as communities opened by owning a particular NFT, capitalizing on fear of missing out. That's a great point, too. Yeah, I um, love and I, Zimbu's I energy. Yeah. Zimbu has the right energy. I'm feeling it. Zimbu, I don't know who you are. I don't know if you're a member of our of our community beyond today, but I hope that you stick around. You get, um, yeah, absolutely. You get a personal invite to the Discord. 
<laughs> free. It's free, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can go on our separate tiers that are a $350 tier um, where it, it would just be you in the Discord. So I don't know about that. But the medic said only fans for comics. Uh, yeah, kind of. Um, it, it, it feels like that to some degree. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I recognize that some aspect of what I'm saying might be, um, it might come across as like, you know, downing creators for trying to earn a dollar. And I swear that's not the, that's not the spirit of where I'm coming from. It's really not. Um, I want to see comics thrive and more than just comics thrive. I want to see the creators thrive. I just feel this just doesn't make me feel good. Um, you know, I'd buy books from any of these creators on stands, 100%. And yeah, buying, paying for, you know, Brian K. Vaughn's Substack at the cost of like one comic a month, you know, it does give you access to some cool stuff if you're a fan. But I don't know. It just gets to a point where like, you know, what's what what of James Tinian's can I read right now that's not on Substack? I, I don't think I, I don't think there's anything. Uh, other than something is killing the children, I don't think that went on on hiatus. Uh, but no, that's right. still coming out. And then they had the spinoff, um, House of Slaughter. Yeah, oh, House of Slaughter. That's it. Um, but like more of the announcements about Tinian books are on Substack than not at this point. Yeah, and I love Tinian's work, but I have Netflix, I have Amazon Prime, like I ha I have all these things. I don't know that I can just keep adding subscriptions to, you know, to the list. Like at some point enough is enough. And this is where I personally draw the line. Um, I already don't like digital comics. So for me, this is That's easy. true. That's it's already easy. a big deal for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy to pass on these. Um, so Zimba brings up another good point in the chat. Instead of this, I'd rather see creator unions or co-ops. This is disempowering creators by elevating the VIPs. I'm like, yeah, yep. as, as soon, this is this is the issue um, where, like, do you buy into, I guess, the the capitalist mindset and give this company, which is just going to start paying its you know, rather rather than pay its QA engineers and the work in the background, they're just going to pay the the VI the CEOs and stuff, yeah, of this company. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I'm like, yeah. I was going to Sean. What um you said that Substack responded to the yeah the allegations levied against them where they're. That, they, they, They've been essentially labeled as like a haven for the for the deplatformed, right? Like everyone who's not allowed to tweet or anybody who's not allowed to be on Facebook. Um, they've been flocking the Substack. So on January twenty sixth, um, which was five days before the wave of Substack announcements. Um, they put out an article and the article uh, the article I'm, I'm just going to read a little bit from it so it starts with a quote from someone named Heidi Larson who is the founder of the Vaccine Confidence Project um, it starts with a quote from her if you shut down Facebook tomorrow, it's not going to make this go away. It'll just move. 
that's in reference to um, people's lack of confidence in, you know, the government and distrust and the, you know, the conversations that happen on the weird part of the internet. Um, Public health solutions then would have to come from a different approach. We don't have a misinformation problem. We have a trust problem. Substack follows up and says, this point rings true to us. That's why as we face growing pressure to censor content published on Substack that to some seems dubious or objectionable, our answer remains the same. We make decisions based on principles, not PR. We will defend free expression and we will stick to our hands-off approach to content moderation. While we have content guidelines that allow us to protect the platform at the extremes, we will always use censorship as a last resort because we believe open discourse is better for writers and better for our society. This position has some uncomfortable consequences. It means we allow writers to publish what they want and readers to decide for themselves what to read, even when that content is wrong or offensive, and even when it means putting up with the presence of writers with whom we strongly disagree. But we believe this approach is necessary precondition to building trust in the information ecosystem as a whole. How can you say that? How can you say that you are trying to build trust by keeping writers on your staff who lie? It's bonkers. How is that trust? I'm I'm very anti-censorship. I don't like censorship. I hate the fact that YouTube does not allow like conspiracy videos on there anymore. Because just because something is nuts doesn't mean you shouldn't have the right to see it. But you can't tell me that you're a tr- you're you're trying to engender trust by keeping anti-vax. Um, articles and writers on your platform. Anti-trans? Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. That's it's more than a, slimy. It's just like a hand washy thing. It's like, oh, we're just the ones paying them. Like, <laughs> and it would be one thing. It would be one thing if they weren't paying them, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, sort of. But like, you know, if they were just, you know, a, a place where these writers could put their things. And that was it. But Substack is seeking these people out. They seek them out and they pay them a lot of money. And by the way, I read about one of these um, anti-vax Substacks. I don't recall the name of the person. $60 a month for that particular one. Super grifty. You can get ivermectin for less. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and Zimbo makes another good point so why don't they allow porn and other banned materials i completely agree with that they don't. why 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 censor anything why not just allow like hey for 60 dollars a month i'll compile all the clips i have downloaded from the dark web of beheadings and we'll just put that up why not because it's defensive <laughs> well uh, so it's anti-vax just subscription-based 4chan at that point <laughs> yeah i mean yeah the the uh the the brian k vaughn one i don't know if you read into some of it but hidden in between there's actually an nsfw part of that Substack that i was scrolling through called exploding giraffe heads or exploding giraffe and it's only for his porn comics wow okay how much interesting uh it's free <laughs> I, I i you could read the first uh like 15, 10 15 pages here i okay. didn't know that right, i like Substack. Yeah. made those um it's just, it's just, it just strikes me as 
we want to make money and we're going to defend our position by using words that make it sound like we give a damn about what we're doing here. And I don't think they do. I really don't No, It's just one giant corporate grift is what it is. Anti-trans and uh, anything, anything sexist, racist. Those are not points of view. And that perspective has to go. And businesses like Substack that say things like that are part of the problem. It's not a point of view to be a racist. Not, it's not. Yeah. It's, an, it's an ideology that's harmful to the world. And you're propagating that by allowing it on your platform. That's what you're doing. And if you want to do that, say that. I don't give a yeah. shit. Yeah. I don't care. More money from the people who are all about that, honestly. Yeah. Just don't lie to me. <sighs> yeah. The trust it's, aspect of it is is the piece that that is in question. I think if if they they were straight up like, hey, we have the we have this spectrum of people and then this spectrum of people, and we just want to contain both of them in the platform. At least it's honest. Right. Yeah. I I I don't care. Racists exist. I'm sure they have their their websites and stuff. And if you feel like courting those people, great. Put that on Front Street. I just know not to visit your website. That's all. No big deal. I don't care. But don't tell me this is about trust while you're lying to me. It's bullshit. I just want to say hi to Mr. Tiny Corn Dog in chat. I like that uh, that name there. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you for joining. Appreciate you. Uh, please do leave us a follow um, if you haven't. Um, so, yeah, guys, I just the Substack thing just rubs me the wrong way. And now whenever a creator is announced as being a part of Substack, I side eye them and it makes me see them differently bkv this is not a name i ever thought i would see associated yeah, with this with this weird. uh company and it makes me feel weird about him i was i was more surprised by jen bartell honestly she's like super yeah. super pro like union pro you know workers rights and everything and which i get it there's an aspect of this where you get to control your content and you're getting paid right. up front for it but then there's a moralistic side of it where it's like, ah, do you sacrifice that? Like, like it's it's where, where do you draw the line? So, yeah, I was a little surprised by that. She talked about the fact that, you know, being able to do this was as simple as having an idea for a book. Get, well, getting the offer, accepting it, obviously. Having an idea for a book, reaching out to the artist. They agreed. Reaching out to whoever was going to be a part of the team and just starting to work. And that's beautiful for creators to have yeah. access to. I just think that there's a blood money aspect to this. And if you're not thinking about it, you're just not thinking. Or it'd be nice if, if any of these creators said, hey, and some of the subscription money is being donated to, you know, pro trans organizations or donated to. Right vaccine or uh, that's a little that's a little too much but like it's just something to combat that to offset the the negative aspects of what you're doing I, I don't know yeah as i recall that's what uh noel stevenson and molly osterwald i think is their name uh i believe that's what they said they were going to do they were going to take the Substack deal and then donate what they get to lgbt groups or yeah i think i remember that says counter uh systemic systemic issues individual actions yeah it doesn't usually do shit but i'm just thinking talking from like a a, a pr aspect of it to make themselves yeah. look a little better maybe um but yeah it doesn't fix systemic issues it puts the onus on the individual to fix things that the system should fix but i did i did want to read shenron's comment too uh to me the Substack is just patreon with money secured due to contract props to the creators for getting the money but it still doesn't feel as a fresh 
new wave for comics. And that's probably a more measured take than mine, um, <laughs> which Tyler, you were you know alluding to a little earlier. And, and Marco was too. And that's fine. Like at the end of the day, they're going to do what they're going to do. I have no control over it. But all I can tell you is that it doesn't make me feel good about these people. I mean, Shenran even mentions like it doesn't feel like a fresh new wave of comics. It doesn't feel like comics to me. It feels like content, you know, yep. mm. um, which those two those two words just mean th- different things to me. There's a different feel to it. Um, well, so, and I'm yeah, not sure I can really uh, explain that, if that makes sense. I don't know how, how I can uh, uh, show you how I how I feel about that. But that's just how I feel. Well, it, I mean, to me, it's the difference between like, you know, a, a comic book and then stuff on YouTube. You know, like YouTube stuff is content, whereas a comic book is art. And what this feels like is the 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 merging of those. And if you don't create more content, including comic books and art, then, you know, you you're not going to survive. Yep. You mean the the ancillary, the ancillary outside of comics things being the content and mixed in with the comics, in the Substack, yeah, uh, part of the equation, yeah. Mm. Because I mean, you know, like there, you you know, there is art on YouTube. You know, it's not necessarily, uh, you know, food videos or you know, uh, a feet porn or whatever it is Sean looks at. But like, (laughs) you know, the there is stuff there that could be considered art right like um but substack is you know taking the the comic book piece of art and it's you know giving this tiered uh, platform so that you will make more content to get them more subscribers so that you will keep going it grinds everything down into content yeah, it, it corporatizes it, too. Yeah, it, it's. It, yeah, I don't I don't think this is any better than working for Marvel or DC. I don't. I, I don't. I don't see it as different outside of the fact that creators are probably getting paid a little better and they're getting their money. Oh, definitely paid a little a lot better. Yeah, I, I don't think it's different. And I think all the creators who took a stance and always talk shit about writing corporately owned comics now don't have a leg to stand on. If you have a sub stack, you can't talk about that anymore. Not in my opinion. But you don't think that Grant's scape of, um, of what is it? Newspaper clippings and stuff like that would get published at Marvel or DC? No, because Marvel or DC don't publish that. They only publish superhero comics. But I'm sure that Image would love to have it or uh, Vault or Boom. I'm sure any of them would love to have it. <laughs> if Grant said, hey, hey, Vault, I got this idea, Vault would be stupid to say no. It wouldn't matter what <laughs> yeah. he said next. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, they, gosh, I'm sorry, guys. It wouldn't if, matter if, what if they Grant said next. If Grant called and they, and they said, hey, this is Grant Morrison, they'd be like, yeah, sure. What, what, are, we, what are we doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, how much are we paying you? How much do you yeah. need? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Substack off you that? Ooh, okay. Um. <laughs> So yeah. yeah, we'll we'll leave it there. Um, thank you, for, thank you for the uh, the enthusiastic participation in the conversation. Twitch chat, you guys are amazing. Um, by the way, Mister Corndog, where'd you find us? Just curious, how'd you find us? Um, that's gonna do it for the show this week. Definitely share your thoughts with us about Substack. 
if you have a different feeling than we do about it, we're very open to that. Um, I don't want you guys to ever think that we're saying the conversation is closed because it never is. The only thing I'm close to is the isms, you know, so don't bring that energy, but the conversation can always be had uh, about any topic. So feel free to write in and let us know your thoughts about anything we talked about here on the show. While you're thinking about us, support the show by leaving us a follow, a rating, a review, wherever you're listening to us, youtube.com slash the comics pals to subscribe for free. Help us get to 1000 subscribers this year. That is the goal. And we're going to achieve it with your help. Twitch.tv slash the comics pals. We go live every Saturday for the comics pals main show. Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern Wednesdays for pals pulls 6 p.m. Eastern. This week, we're going to be talking about uh, some amount of X-Men stuff, Secret X-Men, uh, X-Deaths, number two, and then two other books from not X-Men, uh, maybe. X- Probably yeah, X- uh, X-Men Comics, the publisher. Yeah. <laughs> this might as well be X-Men, the podcast, at least on Pals Pulls. Um, listen to our Saga Book Club. Run those numbers up a little bit. Um, and yeah, write in to let us know what you're thinking about anything at all. Uh Let's get into the plugs. Kale. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Toto in Toe. That's T-O-T-O-I-N-T-O-W. You can find my work at KaleWar.com. That's C-A-L-E-W-A-R-D.com. Not a Substack, by the way. A Squarespace. <laughs> um, and uh, it's not cheap. <laughs> so, you know, if you want to front some of that Substack money this way, I'd really appreciate it. I've got a PayPal if you want it. You can DM me for that. Uh, but speaking of companies doing... Uh, good things for their uh, 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 plat- with their platform. Bandcamp Fridays is back. So if you like music, go buy uh, uh, an album uh, from Bandcamp and the profits go directly to the bands. Unless Bandcamp turns out to be a completely bad pa- platform with bad politics, and uh, then I didn't say this. <laughs> I'll edit it in post. Thanks. Yeah. Marco? You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Mr. Marco Enomoto. Uh Come talk to me about the latest animes and the latest mangas. I'm actually reading Hori Hori Maya, which is oh, a yeah. Yeah, yeah. super cute uh, high school love story. Uh, been enjoying it on Hulu, and I'm almost done. I'm on season five, episode like nine of the wire and it's so cool. oh dude yeah how do you go from so high, high school anime to the wire <laughs> that's marco's mind palette yeah. cleansers yeah um you could follow me at the tyler olson on instagram and twitter um you can uh talk to me about pokemon legends arceus i'm loving it it's good I stuff love to right kale is good I'm having fun. I have weird opinions about it that I'd like to. Oh, graphics are shit, but the game, I think the gameplay loop is good. Yeah. I don't mind the graphics. When you see a Gyarados flying from, you know, 100 feet away and it's running at two frames per second, it's kind of goofy. It's almost, (laughs) it's almost endearingly bad. Um, (laughs) Zimbu, uh, uh, I want to watch Deadwood. Uh, Alternatively, if you want to talk to me about the book of Boba Fett and how it's actually a good show because it's a, it's a, it's a Western, Uh, even though the last two episodes were a completely different show entirely. Um, But yeah, that's, that's what I would gladly talk to you about that. I love Star Wars. And Mad Men. I'm I'm a corporate shill for Star Wars. Like I will all that all that capitalist talk that i had previously throw it out the window when it comes to star wars with me i will i will gush over that i will eliminate all moral high ground when it comes to that so 
Um, but I'm honest about it. So like Substack, like do the Anakin, same. He, he is not on the high ground. No, 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 no. As for me, uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram, only at Sean Soapbox. The only thing I want to talk about is Discord. Come join our Discord server. Uh, it's free to do that, by the way. And we're always having great conversations over there. So come hang out with us. Uh, if you like, you know, our conversations on here, if you like the conversations that we have with the Twitch chat, if that's something that's appealing to you, um, you can always get more of that on our Discord server. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back next week right here, wherever it is you're listening to us. Thank you. Until then, take care, guys. See you next week.